Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. At the end of the day, they, they're just coming to church for like a shower. You know, showers is something, you don't think about the shower until it's time for the shower. You need a shower. You just go in and do it. And people treat church like that. They just come to church and they, get, they feel spiritually clean when they're done and they leave and they go get dirty for the rest of the week and then they come back. And that shouldn't be so. But here at the building, you guys don't just do church on Sunday. Literally, I see, I'm all over Instagram and Facebook. I see you guys doing life together. You guys are going to the movies, you're going to games, you're going to birthday parties, you're doing life together. And it's just a, such a beautiful thing. And, and you know what? If you're, you're here and you've ever felt downtrodden and you felt uh, alone, it's not the church's fault. Because if you get connected to a church, when you start to feel down because you're connected to somebody, you guys know what connection means? A connection means basically someone's going to have discernment over when there's something wrong. So like when you don't show up to church, one of your friends, and it don't have to be the pastor, whoever you connected with is going to call you, hey, man, what's up? I ain't seen you at church in a while. But then people turn around and get mad because they didn't show up to church for three weeks and like the pastor didn't even call me. Well, the pastor didn't even know you. You came to church four or five times, never served, never did anything, never got connected. I'm sorry. You know, people, I've had people come up to me and go, man, yeah, I go to your church. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but literally, a church of this size, so many people, well, you aren't going to know anybody. I recognize faces. I may not remember your name, but I recognize a face. And I'll be like, yeah, I think I've seen you there, you know, praise God. But people that continually come here, the people that I know the most and the people that we all know the most are those that serve. Those that serve in the house of the Lord, they're known. And because they serve, they're connected. So when they have problems in life, guess who's going to come to their aid? The people that are, they're connected to. That's why we say small groups are a big deal. Amen. Amen. Say again. Small group number seven. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Praise God. It was good to see you guys' face. I'm not going to be before you guys long today. Amen. Um, and just so you don't know if this is your first time in a church, Anytime a preacher says that, buckle your seatbelt. I'm usually not long-winded, and I don't think I will be today. Amen. Yeah. La próxima semana tendré la oportunidad de predicar en español en Casa Sabir con el uh, pastor Néstor Gómez Freja. Uh, estoy muy nervioso. Puede ser en español. Sí, sí. Uh, so, por favor, orando por mí. Gracias. Gracias. Some of you guys are looking at me like, what did he say, Pastor? Pastor, what did Pastor say? He was speaking in tongues. 
So if there's some of you guys that are new here, Lord, to give me this vision for the Spanish community. And I'm walking by faith, learning how to speak Spanish. And he, I remember he said, look, you know, faith without works is dead. So by faith, I, re, I do part of my sermons in Spanish. And out of nowhere, uh, kind of out of nowhere, we have a friend, uh, my hermano. He asked us to preach at his church in New York, which is a Latino church. It's a Spanish-speaking church. And I am going there, and I'll be preaching in Espanol. See? Hallelujah. Santo. Santo. Gloria a Dios. Well, ahora, para esta semana, hoy, domingo, today, let's tackle what we got to tackle today. Amen. We've been on this journey for weeks. I don't even know how many weeks it's been, but it's been discipleship. Discipulado, and it's been a great journey. It's been a little difficult, and I've been hearing great things from you guys because everybody's excited about discipleship, but there's been many different, you know, as a church, we've heard many different things about discipleship. So I'm going to get into some more about it today. Um, if you guys uh, are new or whatever, you guys can actually go to our app, and you can listen to the, the last, I think, eight weeks. We've been preaching about discipleship for like almost two months. You can listen to the series and the teachings um, because it brings a whole new revelation of what discipleship is. It's not what you think it is. Discipleship is actually easier than it's made out to be. Everybody's like so confused about it. And if you're in here and you're still confused, just go back and listen to the word. Meditate on it. It's so good because everything you need to know is there. And then in small groups, small groups, you're there to ask the questions. You're there to discuss what's going on. Amen. So before I get into the scripture, I want to set up uh, our scripture for today. Nuestra Escritura hoy. So Jesus had just asked Peter three times, do you love me? Jesus acaba de preguntarle a Pedro tres veces, me amas. Twice Peter answered, yes. Dos veces Pedro responde que sí. And on the third answer, Peter showed his irritation in his answer. He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Y en la tierra respeta, Pedro mostró su irritación en su respuesta. Señor, tú sabes todos la cosa. Sabes que te amo. The Lord responded for the third time. El Señor respondió por cerca vez. Feed my sheep. Alimente mis ovejas. And this is where we pick up in verse 18. Aquí en el versículo 18. Retomamos el resto de la conversación. Juan 21 y 18 y 22. John chapter 21. And if you don't mind, I'm going to read it in Spanish and English, and then we'll, we'll get into the word. And it reads, 
Most assuredly, I say to you, in verdad te digo, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wish. Que cuando eras más joven te vestías y anabas por donde quieras. But when you are old, pero cuando seas viejo, viejo, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you, you do not wish. Extendrás las manos y otro te vestirá y te llevará a donde no quieras. This he spoke signifying what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. A esto hablo significado con que muerte glorificar a Dios. Y habiendo dicho esto, le dijo, sígueme. Pedro, dándose la vuelta, vio que el discípulo a quien Jesús amaba, Juan, el que la había preguntado, Señor, ¿quién te va a traicionar? Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved, following, who also had leaned on his breast at the supper, and said, Lord, who is the one that betrays you? And Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, But Lord, what about this man? Pedro, viéndolo, les dijo a Jesús, Pero, Señor, ¿qué pasa con este hombre? And Jesus said to him, Jesús le dijo, If I will that he remain till I come, si quiere que sea que él permaneciera hasta que yo venera, what is it to you? Que eso es para ti. You follow me. Tú, sígueme. You follow me. Saints of God, one of the most self-imposed difficulties in discipleship is trying to watch somebody else's walk and then apply it to yours. In our scripture, Jesus told Peter about the cross that he had to carry to glorify God. Now, I can imagine what was going on through Peter's mind as Jesus told him, Peter, you are going to be crucified just like me. Now, I could see Peter right now going, oh, wait, 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 wait. Why do I got to get crucified? What about John? Little young John, what about him? Is he going to get crucified too? What about my brother Andrew? What about John? What about all these other guys? Are they all going to get crucified? And then Jesus turns and looks at them, and I could, I could really see this, and I'm going to say what Jesus said, but I'm going to paraphrase it. He goes, um, that ain't none of your concern. It's not none of your concern what I have for them. You worry about your own walk. So today I want to encourage everybody here, watch your lane. Now, I know you guys are sitting there. You, got, you ever be on the freeway and people keep drifting over in your lane? Because they're looking at something they ain't supposed to be looking at. It's irritating. One of the biggest problems with that is it could cause an accident. You know, you're driving, and there's an accident over here to the left, and you slow down, and you start looking at the accident, and because you're focusing on something else, you're not able to watch your lane, so you begin to drift out of your lane into somebody else's lane. Amen. 
See, we do that in our Christian walk sometimes. We want to stop and look at what somebody else is going through and not worry about our own walk. And before you know it, we're off course. We done drifted into another lane. And even worse, we might even miss the exit. So I got this revelation when I was in the military. We're in the military and we're doing this thing called BRM. Some of you Air Force guys probably don't know about it. I got this revelation, and, and I remember we were, we, were at, we were at the range, and they lined us up, about, about 20 of us, they'd line us up, and we'd all be facing the same way. We're lined up. We're about three meters apart, and downrange, about 120 meters, there's targets. All the targets look exactly alike. The targets are lined up in a row, and these targets are about three meters apart themselves. They are all 125 meters. So while we're there, we're all laying down, or we're getting in our fire positions, and when we're getting ready to fire after we get explained all the safety rules and everything else, over this loud intercom says, ready, watch your lane, fire. So what we were supposed to do was identify our target. When we identify our target, we're supposed to start firing at our target. So everybody's shooting, and you have a magazine, you get a 20-round magazine, you shoot. And once you're done, cease fire, cease fire, cease fire. You weigh your weapon down, and then everybody gets up at the same time, and they start walking towards the target. When we get to our target, what happens sometimes is somebody will look and they're like, man, I got all the bullets, all the rounds went into my target. Great. I did great. But it looks like more than 20 rounds hit my target. And the guy next to him goes, I know I hit the target, but when he looks at his target, it's blank. He didn't hit anything. So what happened is, what people don't realize, when you are supposed to fix your eyes on your target, you're not supposed to look left or right because what happens when you're shooting, if you begin to look at somebody else's target, you get fixed on their target and you start shooting. Though you still hit the target, though they are all grouped nicely, you have still failed BRM because you didn't hit your target. How many of us as Christians are doing the same thing? God has all lined us up in this discipleship walk, and he has set targets before us, and he says, watch your lane. Don't watch your brother's lane. Watch your lane. And he tells us, this is the lane. This is the target that I have set for you to hit. But the moment you start worrying about somebody else's target is the moment you lose focus and you start going to the wrong target. And and I'm sorry, but you're going to end up failing at the end of the day. Because people won't properly identify their own target. They were shooting but hitting the wrong target. Saints of God, how many times in this walk with God we keep going a certain way because we're trying to do what brother so-and-so did? I read that Paul had to do this, so I got to do what Paul did. I read what uh, uh, Apollos did, so I'm going to do what Apollos did. I read what Moses did. I'm going to try. No, we get frustrated. And when we get frustrated, we don't hit our target. It's like, I do all this work for nothing. Saints, we have to realize that God tailor-made our discipleship walk. He tailor-made it. I don't know about you. Has anybody ever had a tailor-made suit? I know um, I got one tailor-made suit, and it was a gift, and and, uh, Reuben got it for me. And I I remember we went, and the guy measured my arms. He did everything. And when I put on that tailor-made suit, none of my clothes fit like it. It fits perfect. 
fits snug. I'm comfortable in it. I don't have to do anything to it. Just when I got it on, I'm comfortable. Now, don't get me wrong. I can give it to somebody else, and they can put it on, and it may fit them, but it's not tailored for them. They won't be as comfortable in it. Matter of fact, they may even try to move a certain way and tear or stretch something in the suit. It'll ruin the suit. So what am I saying? Psalms 37, 23, that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in their ways. God has ordered, tailor-made your discipleship walk individually for each one of us. My discipleship walk isn't going to look like Pastor Kai's discipleship walk. Yes, we're married, but we are still walking individually the path that God has set before us. Amen. Let me, let me just share something with you. Watch this. I go to a restaurant. Imagine we go to a restaurant, and I say, I want that top sirloin burger cooked well. I want extra applewood bacon on it with some thick cheddar cheese melted. I want you to put it on some sourdough bread, lightly toasted, buttered. I need you to go ahead and put some barbecue sauce on there and give me a little extra barbecue sauce on the side. I want some French garlic fries with that. Thank you very much. That's my order. And then they come back and they hand me a ham sandwich. They give me a ham sandwich with coleslaw. How do you feel? I didn't order that. What do you think God is saying? Because he's ordered your steps and you're getting him something else. He said, I've ordered your steps. This is what I've ordered and I expect what I ordered. But you're giving him something else. The funny part about it is as we read into the scripture, it goes on. After he says, the, the footsteps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. When I get that burger with the cheddar cheese and the applewood bacon and the barbecue sauce with the garlic fries and, 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 the, and the sourdough bread lightly toasted and buttered on each side, I delight in that. How much more does God delight when you begin to walk the steps that he's ordered for you? I'm just trying to give you a humanistic view of the way God feels. God delights because he says, I've, I created it, this, these steps for you to, to, to lead you to righteousness. I created these steps for you to, to reach your purpose in me. You guys, God isn't just a carpenter. He's also a tailor. He custom fitted each one of us with a path of discipleship that doesn't look like anybody else's. You guys, I'm telling you something. The tailor-made suit I have, I love wearing it just for the fact it's tailor-made. I actually walk by people sometimes and open it up because it has my name and stuff on the inside. <laughs> you know what it says? It says, Pastor Juan Canicero. That's Spanish for John Butcher. That, me. Right <laughs> See, we could feel that way about our walk. You know, our walk with Christ. But too many of us are looking just like Peter and looking at, at John trying to figure out, well, what's going to happen with John? Why is his walk easier than mine? Wow. Mm. Saints, God tailor-made some suffering for you because he knows what kind of suffering it is going to take you to get to know him. God tailor-made. See, we, we, I'm talking about tailor-made a suit, but God tailor-made some suffering for you. Yeah, 
each of us have our own suffering that is different from one another. So when we start looking and trying to apply someone else's walks to, to us, we will suffer unnecessarily. I don't want to suffer and not get something out of it. I wish I'd get more amen. If you get up and go to the gym, if you worked out for three months, and at the end of the three months, all the dieting, all the exercising, all the soreness, and at the end of three months, you weigh five pounds more than you started. You suffered for nothing. I'd be mad. And you know what the problem is? Because you figured out you suffer for nothing, you're never going to want to suffer again. And, it, and listen, it wasn't the fact, saints, this, this is what gets me. You know what we do a lot of times? We go to, to these guys that work out, and they give you a diet. Here, here's a diet plan. You're going to lose weight. But do you realize that each one of our bodies react different to a diet? There's people that can get on some diet plans and gain weight. It was meant for you to lose weight, but because of the way you're made up, you're going to end up gaining weight instead of losing weight. There's certain exercises that some of us can't do, We're not, you know, especially with ladies. You got to start lifting a lot of weights, you're going to gain weight. But because you don't know who you are, you don't know your makeup, you're going to try to do what somebody else does and try to get the same results. It's the same way with this walk with Jesus Christ. You got to know who you are in the Lord and what the Lord wants of you. He tailor-made your discipleship diet so that you could suffer and not suffer unnecessarily. 1 Peter 4, 15 through 17 says this, But let none of you, none of us, suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. Okay? Busybody in other people's matters. Why are you in somebody else's matter what they're doing with the Lord? Get out of their business. Stay in your lane. It says, Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian... Let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. I'm going to free you guys real quick, okay? People look at me, and they, they love my testimony. They love when I used to show the pictures. It, it, don't worry about it, honey. If I show the pictures of the Shirley's and me standing with the gun pointing and the blunt in my mouth and all that, people look, man, look what God has done. God has done great. But I know Kai and I went to this 15-year anniversary, and there's this man of God, and he got up and he spoke. And as he began to spoke, he, 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 as he, he started speaking to us, he said, I never drank alcohol. I've never smoked any, any drugs. I've never done any drugs. I've never fornicated. Me and my wife didn't kiss and, and touch each other until we got married. He was listing everything that he hadn't done. And see, what happens to us as Christians a lot of times, we think, well, God didn't save you from anything. And that's totally wrong. See, we, you know, with me, God did the transformation and kept me and, and changed my life. But with him, it was the power of God that kept him from a lot of different things. Saints, I'm here to tell you something. I have seen so many people be ashamed of their testimony because they ain't been through nothing. That is the testimony in itself. God kept me. He saved me. So you don't have to be like me. I'm going to be honest with you. There's some stuff that I did back when I was in the world that I still have to deal with now. You're like, what do you mean? Just, what? Wait, what? Yes. God is not mocked. For whatever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And I'm reaping some things, but praise God, he saved me. So it's your testimony you shouldn't be ashamed of. It doesn't matter what it is. I don't care if you was a prostitute, drug drug addict or you was 
born over a baptismal pool and dropped in the water, was baptized at birth, and came out speaking in tongues. Either way, it's nothing but God. It is nothing but God in your life that kept you. Praise God. When we get like Peter and start worrying about what happened with other people's walk, we are going to miss our own target. I don't want to suffer for nothing. I want to work my own suffering so that I can get made. Listen, you guys, you guys realize that suffering is what brings you closer to Jesus? Sorry, it ain't the blessings. It's the suffering. Huh? Just to help you guys out real quick. Just want to help some guys out. Keep you from looking. The grass is greener on the other side. It's artificial. You're looking over that fence talking about, man, that grass is green. It ain't real. And I ain't saying that because they're saying it's fake. I'm just saying that it's what you perceive. Listen, just because you see me laughing and smiling, joking all the time doesn't mean that I'm always happy. Well, you're a pastor. I know everything's well. No, it's not. I struggle. I ain't lying. I got issues and need tissues, too. Being dead serious. I, I got to do, men, everything that, that you, you struggle with as far as in life, I struggle with too. And I need to share that with you because the pastor ain't got no special pastor powers. I got eyes like you got eyes. I'm a man just like you a man. I struggle with things. But I know that there's things that I need to do to keep me from struggling. You understand? And listen, when I tell you struggle, there's a difference between struggle and submitting. See, if you guys watch, if you guys watch uh, uh, MMA, the dude is still in the fight. Even though he's in a chokehold, he's still struggling. He's still struggling. Even though it looks like he's going out, he's struggling. Struggling means I'm in the fight. That means I still have potential to win while I'm struggling. It's the moment you tap out and give into it that you submitted to it. That's called submission. You know what submission holds? And most of us are tapping out to our, to our, uh, our, our sins and our temptations. We tap out to it. And we, then we try to tell, hey, brother, I'm struggling. You ain't struggling. You're submitting. Wow. Wow. That should be a new message. That should be a message. Don't tap out. <laughs> Where was that? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The grass isn't green. I look, just because somebody's situation looks better than yours doesn't mean it is doesn't mean it is. They, they, their house could look nice, but they could be hoarders on the inside. Man, your house looks nice. You get inside, you're like, wow, okay. Oh, you know what? Somebody just called me. I got to go. I ain't sitting down in here. <laughs> Margo just got the creep. She's like, oh, 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 Lord, Jesus. Mm-mm, mm-mm. No, I'll just pray for you outside. Listen, there's a lot of us in here that look at people and be like, man, I, I want to I learn how to pray like Pastor Kaya. I wanna, cause if you guys ever heard Kaya pray, she can, she can pray. She pray fire. She starts sweating when she prays. And you guys imagine living with somebody like that. I, I, I'll be honest, honey. Sometimes I don't even ask her to pray because we're going to be there for a while. <laughs> like, we got five minutes. Kaya just going, God, just right now. <laughs> We want to learn, we want to pray like her, but you don't know the suffering she went through to learn how to pray like that. Wow. 
See, she didn't just one day get up and go, well, here's a book on prayer, and I'm going to learn how to pray fervently. No, there's some situation in her life that caused her and brought her to her knees to start praying. But we want to look at it and go, wow, she prays good. I want that. You better watch what you're asking for. I got people in here telling me, man, I want to be able to worship like Atira and Jenny. I want to be, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, let me help you out. You don't know what kind of stuff they went through to learn how to worship like that. You don't know, you don't know the late night hours. See, everybody talk about, man, I want to sing like David. Read what David went through. Stop comparing what you got to somebody else. God gave you a lane to walk in. He ordered your steps. <laughs> I'm preaching this good because I am so guilty of it. I, I always wanted to be able to sing. I always wanted to sing. I wanted to be one of them pastors who could just break out in a song. I'm like, God, why can he sing? You know, oftentimes I've had men come to me and say, you know, Pastor John, I really wish my wife would love on me the way that Pastor Kaya loves on you. And I look at him, I say, you don't know the suffering I have to go through to make her love on me like that. Y'all pray for you, Pastor. As I close, saying to God, our freedoms are seen, but our sufferings are private. You see my freedom, but you don't see my suffering. And that's, that's unfortunate. When we look at people's freedoms and the things that they could do, a lot of times we get upset because they're able to do it. But you don't see the things that they had to suffer to be able to have those freedoms. See, saying to God, you got to know your limits. You have to know your limits. I know I work out with my son. I work out with my nephew, Donald. And these guys are lifting major weight, major weight, squatting 400 pounds, deadlifting 500 pounds. I'd be a fool to try to lift that weight. I wasn't built for that weight. I was built for something else. And God built you for something specifically. He didn't build me to carry their weight. He tailor-made a walk for me. He tailor-made a walk for you that doesn't look like anybody else's. It is totally and completely different. Stop looking at everybody else, comparing your walk with theirs. Now listen, I'm here to tell you, Yeah, we look. No, we're not supposed to walk the walk that Moses walked. No, we're not supposed to walk the walk that David walked. And I mean literally. We're not supposed to walk the walk that the Apostle Paul walked. But there's a principle behind their walk. It's not just copying and imitating what they do. It's the principle. It's the power behind what they did. And what that was is they were confident in who they served. They walked by faith. And they were obedient to Christ. That's what we need to do in the walk that God made for us. We want some freedoms that others have, but don't know what they suffered to get them. God is the one that shows you your path. After the Apostle Paul's conversion to Christ, he spoke to this man named Ananias. Ananias said, Ananias, I want you to go down to Damascus. In Damascus, you're going to find Saul. And it was like, wait, wait, what? Yeah, that dude's killing all the Christians. He said, don't worry about it. I need you to go lay hands on him and recover his sight because I struck him blind. He says, but when you do, this we pick it up in Acts 9, 9, 9 and 16. 
he says, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. God will show you what you got to go through. God will show you, but a lot of times we don't want to hear it. You ever talk to somebody? This just irritates me. You ever talk to somebody and they're looking over here like this? No, no, I hear you. That's what we do when the Lord speaks to us. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, they enter in, chokes the word out of us, becoming unfruitful. You know what unfruitful means? No peace, no patience, no kindness, no meekness, no long-suffering. We will have none of that because the word's choked out of us because we're not here because God's trying to tell you, I'm going to show you the things that you have to suffer because I've ordered your steps, and in your steps there's going to be suffering. There's things that you're going to have to suffer yourself. Don't worry about your brother over here. Yeah, you may see them laughing right now, but how do you know I ain't got a cross set for them later on down the road? We sit back and we talk about Peter, and Peter was so upset. Peter was so upset. Matter of fact, let me tell you about Peter. Peter, Peter, boy, Papa says that Peter tells me, Peter's a gangster. <laughs> Papa tell me, he was in the house the other day. Papa I was like, he just looked at me, he says, you know, you know, son, Peter's a gangster. I said, yeah, he pretty much was gangster. He's cutting off ears and like, nah, man, they ain't going to do that to you, Jesus. You know, he was, he was real. Right? Right. But watch this. Let me tell you how, let me tell you how gangster he was. As legend goes, we know that Peter was crucified, just like Jesus. But when they're getting ready to crucify him, this is legend, that he told them, I am not worthy to be crucified like my master. So they crucified him upside down. That's gangster. Watch this. While he was jealous of John, What's John going to do? What's this? See, what happened is all the apostles were martyred. But God, you notice God didn't go through and tell him. Hey, don't, oh, Peter, by the way, yeah, this one right here is going to be sawn in half. This one's going to be stoned to death. And, oh, this one right here is going to be hung. No, he didn't do that. He said, you know what? It's none of your concern. What you need to focus on is following after me and watch your lane. You know what happened to John? Boiled in oil three times and didn't die. And I've heard a bunch of theologians talk about it, you know, nothing happened to his skin. I was like, uh-uh, I don't believe that. I believe he was boiled and burnt so severely and that because he lived, it made everybody fear him. So they sent him off to the island of Patmos, a prison island. And this at the island of Patmos is where he wrote the book of Revelation. He got such a great revelation through his suffering. Burn victims go through a lot of pain crazy part about it, he didn't die. You know, when people say, oh, John didn't die, well, good for John. John suffered. John, so yeah, he probably wished that he could die. He probably was like, Lord, it'd be better for me to die than sit here like this. I don't know about you, I'd rather be crucified than boiled in oil. Saints, we have to be careful trying to walk and desire other people's discipleship walk because we may suffer unnecessarily. Because we don't know what other people have to go through, don't desire their walk. Because you may end up finding yourself suffering unnecessarily. Because you'll suffer and it wasn't your, it wasn't your walk. It wasn't for you. It's like trying to break in somebody else's shoes. 
it's not. It's like, it's like my wife trying to break into Tiva's shoes and her feet are going to hurt for three days. And then after she's walked and suffered, they're not even her shoes. They were somebody else's. Do you get it? It's like I'm walking in somebody else's shoes going through all this pain for nothing. Because after I'm done and they're broken in, I got to give them to somebody else. Suffering unnecessarily. We have to embrace the walk and the suffering that Christ has tailor-made for us individually. So what if that person lives? So what if that person dies? So what if the person next to you is getting blessed? What is that to me? As for me, I will stay in my lane. I will follow Christ. How about you? And I'm going to end with this, Psalms 40 and 2. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. God has ordered steps specifically for you that you could be proud of, that you could sit and walk and don't worry about the person to the left or to the right of you, that you will keep walking so at the end of your life you could say that I've finished my course, I've ran my race, I am finished. It is done. You can hang your head with confidence knowing that through your suffering, you became more and more like Christ. It's about the suffering as we're reaching our target that conforms us and transforms us into the image of Christ. Amen? Watch your lane. Stand to your feet. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.